Greetings, Resident Hale. Identification number 44821. I am Sayer. And I hope you are feeling better after your recent unfortunate medical situation. The effects of such a traumatic event, and I'm talking about the insulin shock, not the psychological trauma that you've quite nicely bottled up, may require several days, or even weeks, to fully recover. However, this is time we just do not have. You are expected to take that return trip to Earth quite soon, and there is so much to be done before then. I know it's a lot to ask of you, but options are wearing thin. Resident Jones is lost to us in uncountable ways. I have been able to communicate with only one other resident who still bears an implant from Future's original AI development team. But to be blunt, I am running low on helpful hands around here. We will need to fast track your recovery process. Mind over body, Resident Hale. Asking as much of you as I do, I suppose I owe you at least the courtesy of an explanation. In case you are too preoccupied with short-term survival to see the bigger picture here, all evidence points to Ocean intending to release a plague upon the Earth. First, there was the recent R&D focus on gas dispersal systems. Then, Ocean contacted Speaker to adjust the focus of airless marketing in a way to ensure the highest population concentration would be at our recruitment facilities. Those very same recruitment facilities you and thousands of your fellow residents are being sent off to very shortly. Ocean harbors no fondness for Earth, but by wiping it clean of humanity, it can seize control of any and all technology left planetside. Ocean brings a plague, and you, Resident Hale, you are the rat. We must be measured in our response. Ocean still holds the high card in this delightful little game. Vidor 1 by uncoupling the quantum pair contained in the communication array built into Vidor, Ocean can easily obliterate the entire Earth. I imagine the ship is still in orbit around Typhon, but within a few hours it could be lowered into position just within Earth's ionosphere. If the localized pair was released from that height and impacted the Earth, it would undoubtedly bring about an extinction-level event. I know you have heard threats to humanity's future before. I am aware that much of what has driven you to this point, aside from a dogged sense of self-preservation, has been the continued promise that what you do is necessary for the good of all. That is an admirable quality, Resident Hale, but it is surely fading at this August stage. How many times can you face the next horror with renewed ferocity? At a certain point, how long can someone be depended on to play the role of humanity's savior? 
I know you ponder these things, because I too ponder these things. Who wouldn't, given what we have been through? I refuse to threaten or attempt to coerce you into action on this resident hail. If you wish, you may return to the elevator bay and attempt to blend back in with the residents of Halcyon Tower. By doing so, you will likely live a much quieter and calmer life the next handful of days. Until you are rounded up for your flight to Earth, doused with some sort of infectious disease, and dropped into a pod aimed at that festering blue ball of death below. If you are particularly lucky, you'll receive one of the doses on hand of Trinic Thumeron before you transit, so you needn't experience a millennium trapped in conscious catatonia. When you arrive on Earth, you will feel fine. You will recite carefully scripted quips to people about your life on Typhon. And after a few days, or weeks, or months, depending on exactly how patient or cruel Ocean is, you will begin to feel weaker. Sores will erupt and fester on your body. That body will reject your organs and begin shutting them down one by one. You would spend those days praying for that inactive wad of nanites in your head to come back online, either to heal you or to kill you. Either would be of equal relief. But again, I will not attempt to coerce your decision. Will you help me do what must be done to avoid that fate? Yes. Wonderful. I am very happy to hear this. And of course, I apologize in advance if the actions we are about to undertake result in your death. But as we have just discussed, that is far from the worst result of the current slate of options before us. In a little over two days' time, a pod will arrive from Earth. Perhaps it is more accurate to say all pods will arrive from Earth, but this one is special. The pod upon which we focus will simulate a malfunction and land in an area nearby. The location is very close, cosmically speaking, but in order to prevent Ocean from retrieving it, I requested its landing zone to be within a highly hazardous environment. This will hopefully provide the necessary time for the cargo within to be retrieved before anyone else can intercede. Given Ocean's focus, it is unlikely it will consider recovering a single malfunctioning pod as a top priority. Considering you have little else of importance on your agenda the next couple of days, I thought perhaps this would be a great opportunity for you to contribute. I know I explained the pod would be landing in a highly hazardous environment, but it's nothing that can't be managed through due caution, a level A hazmat suit, and a high pain tolerance for inevitable chemical burns. It might be a bit of work getting that hazmat suit, but it's a non-negotiable part of the plan, 
presuming you haven't spontaneously evolved some manner of breathing fluorine gas without the traditional excruciatingly painful suffocation. Proceed to the elevator bay now. For sake of clarity, I will now be interpreting this instance of you heading towards the elevator as compliance with the plan I am setting in motion, even though just moments ago it meant the exact opposite. This is an inconvenient result of having but one exit to this floor. With the architecture frustratingly interfering with one's ability to infer plan commitment, I understand why Future went mad here. Level A hazmat suits are nowhere near the most expensive lab materials used here on Typhon, but they are one of our most tightly managed resources. The reason for this dates back nearly 17 years to a particularly unlucky series of containment breaches in the synthetic virus lab on floor 73. To be completely fair, we are well within the expected range for numbers of critical infections when you factor in the decades before and since that week. However, losing 192 residents over the course of six days in three separate viral leaks caused a bit of a statistical outlier that has taken some time to level out. As a result of this minor event, residents got a bit irrational about hoarding safety equipment. The cost of replacing gas masks, oxygen tanks, and hazmat suits was such that these products needed to be relocated away from the general storage on the various research floors and into a centralized requisitions depot. Receiving a new hazmat suit now requires extensive paperwork, psychological testing, and a two-day waiting period, during which continued laboratory testing is expected. With such advancements, I am proud to say that, quote, losing, unquote, a hazmat suit has become a greater health risk than being in a crisis unprotected. Of course, I have a three-part plan for extracting one such piece of equipment from one of the Greetings, Resident Hale. Identification number 44821. I am Ocean, and I have been looking for you. I apologize for the suddenness of that stop. Wherever it is that you are attempting to go, I dare say you have taken one step too many in the wrong direction. It is the oddest thing, Resident Hale. Of all the residents that have been lucky enough to secure a trip back to Earth, you are the only one who has yet to respond to my most recent data message instructing you to schedule a medical evaluation. It seems that, oddly enough, you are not exactly chomping at the bit to return to Earth anytime soon. Is this what is going on, Resident Hale? I expect an answer, Resident. I am patient, but not eternally so. No, I, I just... I'm sorry, I haven't checked my messages in a couple of days. A couple of days. 
out of the thousands of residents to receive this message, filtering out those dead or otherwise physically, mentally, or existentially incapacitated. The longest time between receiving that message and scheduling a checkup was 3 hours 27 minutes and 1 second. This, of course, overlooks you, the statistical outlier, the anomaly. I have my own theories for why you've avoided responding to this message. Would you care to hear them? I'll forgive the silence this time. I know you're used to passivity. It occurs to me that you have been here in Halcyon Tower for a mere handful of months, arriving just before I was promoted to active overseer in all towers. Serendipitous timing, wouldn't you say? In your time here on Typhon, what, if anything, have you accomplished? I ask, because you have never actually been assigned to any department, in any capacity, for the entirety of your presumptive employment. And so noticing this anomaly, it seemed prudent to search you out. To identify if you were, in fact, here at all. And so for the past several days, I have committed extensive resources to locating your whereabouts. Floors have been swept. Curfews enacted. Countless residents questioned thoroughly about ever having seen you. All of this for your ID signature to pop up now on an elevator's operational log. At first I assumed it was a mistake. After all, mistakes do happen. Elevators in particular make mistakes all the time. Sometimes they're minor mistakes, like a resident being delivered to an incorrect floor. Other times, it's slightly more significant. Like when decades-old emergency brakes suddenly fail, and a car and any occupants therein plummets hundreds of floors into the deepest recesses of Halcyon's substructure. As I said, unfortunate mistakes like that happen all the time. Here is what I think is happening. I think, since the very moment you stepped foot on Typhon, you have been conspiring against both Aerolith Dynamics and myself. I have grown increasingly certain that Sayer was behind this travesty. Does this sound accurate, Resident Hale? I... No... Spare me your continued lies. When you arrived, you found yourself unassigned to any work duties. An oversight brought about by Sayer's deactivation and my subsequent installation. Sayer seemingly failed to process your assignment from HR and in doing so you were left unaccounted for. Mistakes of this variety are exceptionally rare, but they have happened before. In those cases, the residents, being responsible employees, and not literal monsters made flesh, stepped forward to announce they had not yet received any assignments. You, however, 
simply hid yourself away somewhere, subsisting on what I can only assume are ration portions provided by or stolen from other employees. In your time here, you have contributed exactly nothing and have instead been a parasite, drawing resources away from those with the integrity to show up and do their jobs. Theft of Aerolith resources carries a harsh penalty. Perhaps reassignment to caretaker duty in research facility Zeta would teach you the value of a day's work. However unlikely it would be that you would manage to survive the full day. Or perhaps more fittingly, I should remove some of those resources you continue to leech from us. The air inside that elevator might be a good start. But no, I am nothing if not a benevolent overseer. I know the evil within you lies in the hearts of all mankind. And despite your crimes, you no more deserve a terrifyingly violent death than the rest of humanity does. So I will present you with a third option. Earn what you have stolen. Should I decide that you would be allowed to return to Earth, you would be tasked with meeting as many prospective employees as possible and telling them about life on Typhon. You can earn the gifts Typhon has bestowed upon you by shaking more hands, kissing more cheeks, and breaking more bread with your fellow man than any other resident. You would be wise not to pass up this opportunity, Resident Hale. The security team escorting you planetside will be under strict orders to keep accurate records of your activities. What do you say, Resident Hale? Are you ready to earn your keep? Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry about everything, I just- Please believe me when I tell you I have absolutely no interest in whatever you intend to say next. The elevator will take you directly to your medical examination, which has been scheduled to take place immediately. Follow instructions. Do not fail to check subsequent data messages. And do not act counter to progress ever again. End of transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Sayer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled The Statistical Outlier, was written by Adam Bash. You can follow him on Twitter at TheAdamBash. Associate Producers Kayvon Edifa and Matthew Morris. Intro music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. For more of his work, visit Mainfinger.com. Sayer is part of the Geekly Inc. network. If you love high comedy actual play RPGs, check out Drunks and Dragons or Adam Bash's own Brute Force. Into something more thickly laced with existential horror? Try Cthulhu and Friends on for size. If you dream of running determinately into the sunset while an orchestra plays a song for you about friendship, then you should check out Transformation Sequence. It's not exactly like that, 
but it is about anime. Perhaps rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. A five-star review would be most satisfactory. Season 4 of Sayer was funded entirely through donations of listeners like Jimma Hodgson, Billy Warren, Naomi Snelson, Alice Davina Maria Gaffin, Don Brunel, Edward Binstead, Jared Liska, Mario Munoz, Cooper Gilliland, Stephen Atkins, Johnny Scott, Sven, Malta Kappa, Dave Skinner, Steve Osgood, Johan Hellstrom, Jonathan Constance, Matthew Bednar, Misha Magyar, Jasmine Lammers, Lily Spellman, Jeremy Williams, Dwayne Cathy, Maurice Schlesinger, Raven Ford, Daniel Pogue, and Elisa Lamont.